every symptom that I walked in with had completely dissipated. And I remember saying two things. One, I don't know what I was doing before, but it wasn't living because the amount of energy and life and vitality I felt was unmatched. And then I also remember, you know, there is no amount of lipstick, moisturizer, anti-aging cream that can make someone look as good as I did at that moment than really having and living this lifestyle. Like this is, this is it. You want the fountain of youth? These are the tools. You are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. That is from the Song of Solomon. For thousands of years, humans have pondered the question of what is beautiful. And while there are some studies on neuroaesthetics in terms of what people look like, what's found beautiful, like radiant skin and balanced features, things that indicate your general health and suitability for reproduction, that generally what is agreed to be beautiful, particularly in the world of the flesh that changes over time, is an inner quality of kindness, an inner quality of dignity, an inner quality of respect, wisdom, authenticity, like being your real self, because that's always beautiful. So I was curious about this. And in part, I was curious about this because I have been getting served endless, endless content and ads to try to fix things about my middle-aged self. Saggy skin, spotty skin, belly fat, you know, basically all the things that are so prizing what's on the outside, so panicked and prizing what's on the outside. And it was so annoying to me. Like I have worked uh, so hard in my life to do good and to make beauty and to live fully. And my body and face shows that. And while I'm willing to put in a little extra effort here and there, I don't really find in myself or in other people that it's these external qualities that make them attractive or beautiful. It's like this core, kind, melty heart, the strength of knowing who they are, the feeling of being connected to source, their joy, the looking together at something outside of ourselves that's beautiful, the recognition of their child heart. These are things that attract me to people. And I was wondering what other experts thought. I asked a woman named Sheena, who's a healer, how she would answer the question, how and when are we most beautiful? And she had some things to say about energy. Take a listen. I think that real beauty starts with our energetic hygiene, mm. something that I practice for myself work with a lot of clients on is like how do you find those rhythms and rituals that really set your day off so that you can just show up as your most authentic whole self it's an energy game that we're all in Mm -hmm. and so it's like we wouldn't leave the house without brushing our teeth or maybe putting our okay maybe we did after the (laughs) pandemic I did a couple times after the pandemic but you know we think of all these Mm -hmm. things to be physically beautiful on the outside Mm -hmm. and I think that the real glow up is like how are you managing your energy before you even leave the house like how are you giving yourself time to breathe are you setting an intention for yourself on how you want to energetically show up and then moving from that space doesn't matter what's happening on the outside it's like you can put your makeup on or not you can work out or not but if you're kind of thinking of it through the lens of like your energetic hygiene you're gonna you're gonna be golden how do you clean your energy what's an energy hygiene practice oh man i've got a lot of them (laughs) meditating journaling visualization um i use a lot of tools as well palo santo sage Mm. crystals baths are great for Mm. cleansing your energy moon rituals are wonderful for energy cleansings breath work is great for it sound baths are great for it i've got a whole bag of tricks um kind of depending on you, know, you don't need to do all of them every single day, but it's like finding like rhythms and rituals to get into a flow with that kind of supports that like inner self-care versus mm. like that. there's the outer self-care, which is also really lovely, but finding finding practices that support your inner self-care. I love that. Yeah. Energy hygiene. Yeah, energy um, hygiene. Where can people find you? Uh, at Make One Day Happen. Make One Day Happen. Yeah. All right. Well, thank yeah. you so much. I'm going to go back now to the Psalms, which... Man, I don't know what it is with me. Maybe it's the fact that it's Advent and I do come from a Christian heritage that it makes me uh, sort of tune into some of what these ancient wisdoms have to say. And in the Psalms, there are some really beautiful lines like, 
You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. And that's that's how I sometimes feel when I'm walking in the world. Like I'll have a moment when I'm standing in line for a coffee or out with the dogs or even on a conference call. Sometimes I'll look around and I'll see the faces of people laughing, uh, sometimes radiant, sometimes tear-streaked, sometimes craggy, all the things, and just think, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Look at this variety of life, these beautiful flowers. And then I'll leave that situation, and I find myself not showing the same kind of compassion or appreciation to me. You know, I'll go into a cycle of, oh, you're not taking care of yourself, you're you need to shape that flesh, girl, you know, and, and I wonder, like, how can I hold both? How can I not include myself in the mercy and beauty um, that I see in others? So that's, you know, a little bit of my journey. Uh, someone once told me that meditation alone doesn't calm you. It's meditation with self-compassion, that that's actually what the anxiety studies, neuroscience studies show, that, that meditation with self-compassion and including yourself in the prayer is what really helps. So today on the Rose Woman pod, we are going to talk with Kelly. I'm very excited to introduce you to her. Kelly is a former Estee Lauder executive and current health coach. She's going to tell you a story of transformation of a woman who had a lot of success and also faced a lot of health challenges in the midst of that success and found a new way and really got turned on to what it takes to be beautiful from the inside out. So let's enjoy this conversation. And then I want you to come over and chat with me at the.rose.woman on Instagram and let me know your answer to how to be beautiful. So I go to this wonderful community called Summit, and I've been going for a really long time, on and off for maybe 10 years. And they had been a hiatus and uh, not had any in-person conferences. And so we're in the first one back, 1,300 people meeting in the desert. And my traditional roommate gets married on me. So she has brought her husband and I am now roommateless. So I get assigned this person and I walk into the room and she's not there it's meticulous. Like there's just a few very lovely beauty items and a few very lovely pieces of clothing. And, and she walks in and she's like totally poised and gorgeous and, and has this really sweet energy. I'll give you an example of sweet energy. We wake up the next day and she says, would you mind if I put on some Kundalini music to raise the vibration for our day? And I was like, hmm, very interesting. So this is the wonderful Kelly Jacob, who's here today to talk with us about how to be beautiful. I think it's a good spark because her concept of beauty, even though she spent a lot of time at Estee Lauder and in the industry, is an evolved perspective. So welcome, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christine. And thank you for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. I feel like we had so many great conversations throughout Summit. Um, so I'm excited to dive in deeper. This is going to be great. Let's let's start with the beauty industry as a whole. Like, what was it? What was your experience like working at one of the global beauty conglomerates? So I was at the Estee Lauder companies for 10 years in my first role was in global product development for Mac. And what's amazing in being in product development, particularly for such a large company, is they invest a lot in insights. So my job was literally, we want to grow our business in the Netherlands. Kelly, go out there and figure out what's going on and what women want. So I'd spend time in people's homes, watching them in the streets, seeing what they shopped for, asking them questions in focus groups, really understanding at their core, what was their desired look? What was it that they were looking for a foundation to do for themselves? Or what was the spark they were trying to get? And then developing product and subsequently marketing to help deliver on those promises or deliver on those needs. And then I just go on to another country. So just traveling the world, speaking to people and understanding what their ideals of beauty were, and then working with the best chemists in the world to create those products. And then after grad school, I transitioned into the marketing and brand development. And that was really thinking of as a brand, what is the role of a brand in a woman's 
beauty makeup bag or on her counter? And what are her long-term goals for skincare? And what is she trying to achieve? And it's it's been this very interesting thing now being in wellness is something I began to realize is the thing that women and men, people are searching for, are very similar to health indicators, right? Like glowing skin, clear skin, all of these things that connote what we now know to just be someone that's healthy and vital um, and in some sometimes youthful, that's what your preference is. And you know, we would try to deliver it in products. And it wasn't until I went through my own health journey that I realized that there are much more profound ways to achieve those goals through lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, I think even just even just pausing on that, like glowing skin and clear skin and looking and feeling healthy is pretty universal globally. Like the Korean beauty market has made an absolute science out of that, right? That the good skin is the foundation of everything. Is it, Were there any other things that women or men were saying they wanted when you were doing your insights? Were there other big takeaways? All of the things. It's really interesting. When you look at all the things that are like anti-aging or you look at some of the goals that highlighters or eyeliners or all these things try to deliver to us in a look, right? So we put on some people want line their inner waterline with white eyeliner to make their eyes look brighter and whiter, which is also a sign of just you know, clear health that I've learned is also associated with like clear lungs and things like that. You try to put highlighter on your cheekbones to make your skin seem brighter. And when you're healthy and you're well hydrated and you're not, you're well rested, your skin naturally glows, right? When you're not kind of bombarded with toxins. We try to, and you're obviously referring to the Korean skincare market, trying to have that V shape, right? That chiseled skin, right? That's a sign that you're not bloated, that you're not really carrying any excess weight or moisture in your body. And so, and your skin is well hydrated, right? When you're looking at having firm skin, your skin is plump. That's a sign of being well hydrated. And if you're well hydrated, then a lot of things are functioning well. So a lot of these indicators of beauty are actually key markers of health in a lot of ways. And so it's really interesting that that's something that we've been trying to deliver in a bottle or in a cream or in a beauty product. And now transitioning into wellness, how do you deliver that to someone and empower them to deliver that? to themselves through their lifestyle choices. I mean, I love that we're leading with that because it's going to come all the way around to how to cultivate that, I imagine it. It's it's the cultivation of like, how, how do you, like what looks healthy? But then there's also the piece of like, what looks fertile? Yes. <laughs> there is um, a book that uh, I read during grad school. It was called Survival of the Prettiest. And it goes back throughout history of all of the markers of health, right? So for women having you know, broad hips is a sign of like, you know, that's a child rearing woman, right? As an indicator that she was of that age, supple breasts, right? That she's able to nurse said child, right? All of these things are indicators just in our most primal, basic needs as human, right? This need to like procreate or a desire to procreate. These were all markers that we were ready and able and survival of the fittest to be able to do so. Things like pink lips and flushed cheeks are arousal symptoms. Yes. <laughs> all right. So we want to be healthy, attractive to a partner. And then there's the other piece, which is more around self-expression and art. Can you speak about that as a as a goal of self-adornment? Yeah. Oh my God. Particularly starting my career at a brand like Mac, where it was really all races, all sexes, all ages, all people. And at its heart, it's really about tools for self-expression. That became a huge one. It's interesting now when we see trends with like Instagram culture and contouring and having these kind of, it's all about achieving a certain look, but even in certain ways, achieving a certain look is also can be an indication of status or kind of where you fit in, right? Like I subscribe to that no makeup effortless look, or I subscribe to like a completely beat face, you know, and ready for a night out on the town, whatever it may be. But yeah, makeup has always been used outside of just indicators of health, but also as a form of expression. You know, when I was first studying Rosebud, I had people take out everything in their cosmetics drawer that was for the face, for good skin, everything that was for decorating their skin, and then everything that was for the vulva. Oh, wow. And it was like a giant pile of decoration, a smaller pile of skincare, and one lone monostat. <laughs> like it was really about, you know, like very, very sad wow. spread. When actually, like, it sounds like getting to the foundations underneath it is really what you're about. So you tell us about the transition from that. Like, why did you leave? And 
what drew you to exploring health and wellness? Yeah. So about my, like my 10th year and leading up to it, I, I mean, I never thought I'd spend 10 years at one company, but I had so many roles and got to experience so many things. It just always felt so new. But towards the end, I knew I was tired and I, I took a role for a brand and my body honestly just started shutting down. I was having major digestion issues. Like I was just bloated all the time. Like I'd eat something like a Skittle and I'd be bloated. And I was always like cramping and I had to go to the doctor and have tests and I was on like antacids. Then on addition to that, I couldn't sleep at night. So I was like always tossing and turning. But then at the same time, I was exhausted during the day. My skin was a wreck, which was really not great when you're in beauty, but I was breaking out all the time. Um, and then at one point, I started breaking out in hives and meetings. Like there was just so much inflammation. What I've learned now is like inflammation in my body that I was just so reactive to things. And then emotionally, I was dealing with a lot of stress. I found myself just feeling really down. And I'm typically an upbeat person. So this just didn't feel right. Like there was just so much physically, mentally, just even socially, I just didn't feel like myself. And it was really kind of frustrating to go to doctors, particularly for some of my physical symptoms, right? So my digestion issues, I was having issues with my hormones, right? I was skipping periods and every doctor I went to would prescribe me a pill for each of these, what I now realize were just symptoms, right? So I was like on an acid, then another doctor wanted to put me on a hormone therapy. Then there was, you know, Xanax for my anxiety. There was Zola for the depression. There was Ambien for sleep. It was like this little cocktail of all of these things. And I'm like, am I going to just take, I'm like 32 at the time. I'm like, am I supposed to take all of these pills for the rest of my life? And this is living like, that just did not seem like an option. I'm like, I, I will take care of this. I will get to the bottom of this because this doesn't seem right. So I took some time off and I ended up going to Bali. Oh, this sounds so like under my like I went to Bali for a month for like my e pray love moment. No, but I went on the <laughs> before before, before before we go there. I I just want to pause and say, if you're out there and this might sound really familiar to you, that most of the time medicine wants to deal with the symptoms, like relieve the symptoms so you can keep going about your life the way it is. And it takes a lot, it took a lot of courage for you to say, I can't, I don't want to treat symptoms the rest of my life. I want to get to the root cause. So when we, I'm just going to bookmark to speak about functional medicine as a different approach a little bit later. So you take off for Bali. Well, actually, no, I'm glad you paused there because, you know, I was so frustrated. I remember at one point, you know, I'm 32 years old and a doctor told me, well, you just must be premenopausal. And that was it. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I'm 32. I'm healthy for the mullet. At that time, not. But it just doesn't make sense that that would be the case, right? And everything was inconclusive, but they were just still sticking me with these diagnoses. And it wasn't until I read the book, A Mind of Your Own by Dr. Kelly Brogan. Particularly, I was reading this because I also felt, I felt so depressed. You know, I'm someone, I was used to stressful situations, right? Like I've ran brands, I've led teams, I started innovation labs in Shanghai, lived in other countries. So that it wasn't the stress, but I was feeling so down and no one could give me answers. No one, everyone can just say, oh, that's it. You're depressed. Take a pill. That just, that didn't solve it for me, right? In my own life, I've just noticed there's always a cause and effect. Nothing just happens arbitrarily, right? And I wanted to know what was going on. Well, why was I depressed? Why was my stomach acting this way? Why was I having digestion issues all of a sudden? Why were my hormones out of whack? What caused it? Because if I don't figure out what caused it, how will I prevent it from happening again? And so I just need to get answers for myself. And maybe this is from being an innovation at Estee Lauder where I'm used to, you know, seeing a problem and like we investigate the solution. There's always a solution. And so I started investigating and I read a book called A Mind of Your Own by Kelly, Dr. Kelly Brogan. And it really spoke about her experience as a psychiatrist in using nutrition and using holistic practices to treating people with depression rather than antidepressants. And it was when I first realized that this there's a correlation between our gut and our mind, our microbiome, and how you can't just look at these things, these quote unquote symptoms in a silo, right? Everything is connected. And when I started to realize that and I started to say, wow, I can impact my mood through what I eat. And 
you know, and I started paying more attention to what I ate. And I realized, you know, I'm having digestion issues. That must be a correlation to why I'm feeling so anxious and so tired and so stressed. And I don't have tools to deal with that, right? And so I started looking for holistic solutions because I realized what I had was it's a whole body situation, right? It was going to require a holistic solution because my symptoms touched so many parts of my life. And that's when I found, I was very curious about, I actually, this is kind of funny. This is maybe a little woo-woo, but I remember earlier that year, I created a vision board and I just put random pictures on it. And I'd taken some time off from work because I'm like, I'm going to figure out what this thing is. I had books. I was going to read and just kind of navigate it myself. But I'm like, you know what? I think I need to get away. I think I need to be in nature. I need to just like calm down the noise. I need to eat really clean and I will be able to figure this out. And I called this travel agency. It was called like Spiritual Journeys. And I'm like, look, I have this time amount of time off from work. I need to leave within the next two weeks. I'll go anywhere in the world. I have, this is my budget. And what do you have? I'm looking for someplace that's calm, someplace that's soothing, someplace where I can eat well and just have like a wellness journey. And she's like, there's only one place in the world that's available right now that has all those things. And it was Como Shambhala in Bali. And coincidentally, it was the exact same place that was on my vision board. Hey, I don't think that's woo-woo. I believe in cosmic consciousness. It's amazing. It was the exact same place on my board. So I immediately booked it, flew 25, um, 25 hours to get there. But while I was there, I went under the care of an Ayurvedic doctor. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Ayurveda, one of their key principles is that everyone has a specific constitution. Um, and based on your constitution, you should be eating a diet that's appropriate to that. And Oftentimes, when you meet with those doctors, they'll do certain tests and they can tell which elements may be out of balance and prescribe a certain type of way of eating to help bring you back into balance with your body. And so during that time, I ate in a way that was specific to my constitution with the goal of bringing my body back into balance. While I was also there, I mean, here I am in the middle of a bood, which actually means medicine, this really magical place. So I'm spending time in nature, in the jungle. I'm doing breath work. I'm meditating every day. I'm reflecting. I'm journaling. I'm exercising. All the things that you read in wellness magazines, I have fully integrated into my life during this time. And by the end of the month, I never looked better. I never felt better. Every symptom that I walked in with had completely dissipated. And I remember saying two things. One, I don't know what I was doing before, but it wasn't living because the amount of energy and life and vitality I felt was unmatched. And then I also remember, you know, there is no amount of lipstick, moisturizer, anti-aging cream that can make someone look as good as I did at that moment than really having and living this lifestyle. Like this is, this is it. You want the fountain of youth? These are the tools. And it was, and I also had this amazing amount of clarity too. And I'm like, I need to leave my job. Forget. I mean, I love Estee Lauder, a great company, but I realized the answer for beauty. And if you really want to help people to look and feel their best and feel confident, which has always been my goal and why I loved working for Lauder, then this is really how you have to do it. It's going to be in the wellness space and sharing these tools. Wait, let me get this straight. <laughs> you changed your diet, you relaxed, meditation. You journaled, you cleared your mind and your emotions every day, and all your symptoms went away? Yeah. I, don't, I like this line that you said, I don't know what I was doing before, but it wasn't living. I was, I was a stunned to be. I'm like, wait a second. Like here, I mean, I was seeing so many doctors before. I mean, I hadn't been regular in like years at that point. And, you know, and so I came back and I'm like, I can't leave here. Maybe it's Bali and like it's the food and the water, like who knows? And so when I got back, I'm like, how am I going to keep this going? And more importantly, what the hell just happened? Like, how did this work? Why did this work? Right? Like, I hadn't studied any of this. I wasn't, all I had read was that one book by Kelly Brogan, but I wasn't as familiar with functional medicine and what that me meant and why did this work so well? And so I went on a journey to understand what's what's going on here because this is the best innovation I've ever felt. And it's not even innovation, it's like knowledge. And so I decided to start studying two things. One, I realized the importance of managing stress and having tools. So I started to go really deeply into meditation and having that sense of calm as a way to help regulate my system. 
And the second thing was integrative health and nutrition. And I really began to go deep into the understanding the mind-body connection and how all of these things are connected. So what are macronutrients? Why are they so important? What is inflammation? And, and I, as I studied more, I understood more of why what happened to me in Bali was so effective in relieving my symptoms. Well, the idea, uh, first of all, how quickly the body heals when you give it space. That's pretty remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. Tell me about the coming back before you had enrolled in studying these things after, like how did you handle the transition? Because I think this might mirror a little bit of what a person who's holding down a job or running a household might experience. Like you come back and you don't have the knowledge yet, you don't have the support infrastructure that you do at a retreat, can you name some of your strategies? Yeah. So before I came back, I'd left Abood and before I left the I left Abood and I actually just spent some time on the beach like on alone, right? Like kind of outside of the wellness like walls. And I really spent a lot of time reframing a lot of things and challenging a lot of things that I used to believe, right? So for example, I remember in at work, everything was the biggest problem in the world and the stresses I had or dealing with promotions, everything seemed like a really big, big problem and it was all consuming. And I spent a lot of time, actually one of the, the ideas that came to me, do you remember that scene in the Matrix where Neo is there, he's like in the, the Oracle's office or whatever, and there's a little kid with a spoon and he could bend the spoon. And Neo sits there with his mind trying to bend the spoon and he can't bend the spoon. And at some point, I real and the little kid says to goes to him, he's like, You have to realize you're trying so hard to bend the spoon when in fact there is no spoon. And I spent a lot of time realizing all the things that I had made up in mind that were so stressful and that were just like, oh my God, if that launch doesn't happen, it's the end of the world. And that promotion doesn't happen. If I don't get to do that presentation, all those things that I'd worked myself up about. In the big scheme of things, in terms of how I felt and how I saw things, my entire perspective changed. Like there is no spoon. There are those those things really aren't as consequential as I might have made them seem. And as soon as I relaxed and shifted my perspective and shifted the impact that I allowed it to have on my own psyche, they were non-issues. And I was able to approach them with a level of clarity and calm that I wasn't able to before. And through that clarity and calm, I was able to see solutions that I hadn't seen before. Uh, my friend Dream Malik, who used to run a multi-million dollar jewelry business, and then her husband got very ill. She used to say people would run into her office like a house on fire, and like pants on fire over something like that. And she'd say, hold up. First of all, there are no jewelry emergencies, you know, and just to like hold that, hold things in perspective. Okay, so you got this, like there's no spoon. It was, I think that was a big thing though, right? So I left with, wow, an understanding, I can heal my body and I have the tools. I'm coming from this clear space. My mind is clear. I feel healthy. I feel good. I don't have as much inflammation. We could go into like what actually happened in my body later on, but you know, my inflammation is down. My body feels good. I feel healthy. I'm in a good place. I have that foundation. Then I really started to make sure I had the tools to keep that sense of calm and cool, right? So having a regular meditation practice where I can check in with myself, where I know I'm keeping and regulating my nervous system, keeping myself mentally in that state of calm. And then the last part was really that mindset, right? And like, how am I really thinking about things and how am I broadening my, opening myself up to new possibilities and not staying in this fight or flight or stressed or kind of this tight place, but how am I able to relax into situations to, to change my perspective of them so that I can see them a little bit more broadly than maybe how I was in the past. It's pretty fascinating to me that the first thing you did wasn't like come home and do it, keep the juice cleanse going or something, but that you came home and the first thing you did was manage your mind. That's the most important piece for you. Interesting. Yeah. It was interesting too, because when I, even when I was deciding to go, I remember like talking to my family. I'm like, you know what? If I could just quiet the noise, I know I could figure this out. It's just, there's so much noise. Like I, I, you know, even before my career at Lauder, I think one of my gifts has been being a very intuitive person and not being afraid to follow my gut. And my gut has led me to some incredible things like owning an art gallery at 19, 
going on America's Next Top Model. And I think a lot of the things that I developed at Lauder was me really following my intuition. And I understand the power of being in flow with yourself and being aligned. And so I took a lot of the physical symptoms as key signs of me not being in alignment and knowing that, all right, something, we got to slow down. Let's slow it down and let's get back to kind of where we are and feel grounded. And then we can kind of handle whatever comes before us. Yeah, you were actually following your gut. Yeah. Because your gut was telling you that there's a problem. I'm going to follow to the solution, go to the, the source of the problem. Even when your gut is being nasty to you, you're following it. Exactly. I mean, she was screaming at that point. She was screaming bloody murder. Like, we have to change. But it's. But I think that's, to your point, that's why I knew that's what I had to prioritize, right? Of like that channel of being really calm, being able to settle in and listen to those cues. I think it's because I had gotten so sick because I'd gotten so far away from that and out of alignment um, in addition to lifestyle and nutrition and toxins and all of the other things. But it was really important if I could just stay in alignment there, that I would be able to really navigate and make the right and healthy choices for myself moving forward. Beautiful. Okay. So you get your mind right. What was the next step? So then I started studying integrative health. Oh, actually. So I resigned. (laughs) It was really funny because I came back with like, you know, you have to see me in my corporate world. I was always in, I'm like 5'11", but always in like four-inch heels and like these really slick like sheath dresses and just, you know, with a little strut. And I came back with like my hair and braids and like this loose flowing dress and like went to our brand president, like, John, I'm going to resign. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm better than I've ever been. (laughs) But I made the decision. I made the decision happily. It felt like the time to do that. And at first, you know, I should also mention while I was going through all of that, I had major skin issues and like full-blown acne, which was insane. And um, and that was the one thing that I was still kind of dealing with when I came back. And I've all, I've been in product development. So I'm, I'm like, let me try to fix my face. But what was interesting is I took a different approach. I learned that a lot of what was going on with my skin was due to stress, was due to the hormonal imbalances. So I started looking at the same way I treated my gut, like my microbiome of having a nice balance of bacteria. I started treating my skin the same way I would treat my gut. But I did start studying integrative health and nutrition just to understand, wait, how did this work so well? You know, why did just changing my diet breath work and meditating and being in nature, how did that completely turn all these symptoms around that like a team of doctors couldn't figure out? And I wanted to understand the science behind it. And so that's when I started studying integrative health and nutrition. So you at this point had left your career without knowing what your next one was going to be. That's correct. You do get braver by the minute, by the way. Okay. So so did you pursue Ayurvedic? or a different modality? No, I started just with integrative health and nutrition at IIN. And I should say this, well, that I mean, you can tell me if you think. So I was planning on developing products, right? Because I, I'll go into it. So I was having a lot of skin issues. I have full-blown acne. And actually, it was after my father died. So I came back from Bali. And a few months later, um, my father passed unexpectedly on my birthday. And uh, dealing, uh, dealing with the grief of all of that, which was really intense, the hardest thing I'd ever gone through. Um, in addition to that, I broke out with like full on acne. And again, I went to doctors, went to my dermatologist and they were like, oh, we're going to give you this acid and we'll give you this like pill. And it was like all of these like really harsh chemicals and peels and pills. And I'm just like, no one was paying attention to the fact that my father had just passed. So my cortisol levels must have been like through the roof. No one was paying attention. Like I'm very sensitive, like that I had skipped a few periods. So my hormones must have been out of whack. And having had gone through this all before during my time at Lauder, I knew that these were key indicators of something else bigger going on and that these things are connected. And so I was like, this is crazy. I'm not dealing with my acne this way. There has to be a better way. And I'd already started studying integrative health and nutrition. So I started to understand the importance of cortisol and how cortisol, increased cortisol can affect the body. I started to understand how inflammation is like the root of so many issues, including acne. And so I started, one, to develop products that soothe and counteract those things topically. 
But then I also start to create a system for myself to treat my own self, right? So I realized, okay, if there's just like it happened in Bali, just like I took an anti-inflammatory diet then when something got out of balance, I acknowledged in myself that something else was out of balance. And now armed with these tools that I'd learned in integrative health and nutrition, I started to create a protocol for myself and was able to then heal myself through this practice. And so that was a great way to start applying it. And then when I start developing product, I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm going to develop a skincare line. And this is an amazing, like what a great way to blend these two worlds. And what I realized though, when I started sharing information with my audience, most of the people that were coming to me, it wasn't just about skin. A lot of this, I feel like by the time you're having skin issues, there's so many other things that they were struggling with from stress to digestion issues, to fatigue, to hormonal imbalances, and that that same protocol that I had worked on for myself or developed for myself, a lot of people found solace in. And so it started off as just me wanting to learn and understand how something helped, you know, how I got healed. And what started off as me trying to understand the science to develop a product became the platform for an entirely different career that I could never even have imagined for myself. I love the way that you organically found this path and there's a there's this quality of service in it. I wonder when you trained and got your certification, your coaching certification, what you have at your disposal for diagnostic tools for individualizing your response to people. As you said, the Ayurvedic model has all these doshas, you treat those things, you're, you know, but what what do you look at when a, when you first meet a client? Yeah. You know, what's really fascinating is one of the things that I've realized is, and this is something that we learn a lot, um, particularly at IAN, I think it's one of the things they coined is you have your primary food, like you have secondary food, which are the things that you eat, like all of your nutrition. And then you have your primary foods. And those are all the things that nourish you off the plate. And oftentimes when there's an imbalance in those primary foods, like your career, your relationships, your home or whatever, that oftentimes can spark what is the imbalance that gets exacerbated by some of the things that we're then putting in our bodies. So even for myself, when wait a second, I wait a second, at- wait, 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 wait. I got I gotta pause you because that is such a mind blowing idea. Yeah. Okay, what yeah. are you saying that we look at everything that we ingest as food, the experiences, the relationships, the lifestyle choices, that's our primary nourishment. And then the actual food food is secondary? Yeah. Oh my God, that's so big. That's huge. Okay. And I realized this both in both instances when my body shut down, there were bigger things going. There were imbalances in some key area of my life, right? So in my career, there was, I almost feel like those primary, those primary foods, right? Our relationships, our career, our finances, um, our activity, our social life, our relationships, anything like that those are almost like fire starters, right? And if there's like a spark of something that's out of balance, it throws everything else off. And I saw this when my career, I was having an imbalance there where I knew it wasn't really aligned for me at that time. That's when my body started to sound the alarm, right? And I started to have all of these physical symptoms and things like that. And I almost feel like that's your body sounds the alarm. But what happens is then food can become medicine and support you through that. And it's like, okay, I'm paying attention. How do I take care of myself? But you know what's really fascinating? In the act of pausing to take care of yourself, right, through the food you eat, through drinking more water, through, you know, meditating or whatever it may be that we I provide my clients like as a health coach, all of those things are an act of self-care. And all of those things, the underlining message to all of that is that you are now listening and paying attention to your body, right? So whatever it was, so even just taking that time to pause and thinking about, oh no, I'm going to prioritize. I need to sit and eat and relax because of my digestion issues. I'm also establishing a boundary, right? And and prioritizing myself in that moment. And I think that there is just this radical act of self-love that happens when we start to really pay attention to our bodies. But in so doing can almost help us have more balance in those other areas as well. I have this body love journal that I should send to you because it's got in the journal pages are a checklist and and they they they're like I showed my body love today checklist. It's like I showed my body love today by talking to it with kindness, dancing or exercising, meditating, dry brushing, breathing deeply, resting, playing, receiving touch, sitting in silence, giving it sexual pleasure, a lot of open things in what your thing is. But just, I love the idea that just the act of 
focusing on it already shifts the state. Even if you don't do it, but you ask the question, you've created a a healing movement. Yeah. And it's interesting. So with all of my clients, one of the first things that we do is we take inventory, right? So most of my clients will come to me because they're dealing with hormonal imbalances. They might have some digestion issues. They're finding it really hard to lose weight. They're feeling tired or fatigued. They're stressed. They just feel themselves on the verge of burnout. I I work with a lot of high-performing professionals they're dealing with stress. They just, they're feeling overwhelmed. One of the first things we do is we take an inventory, we do a circle of life exercise and look at rate every key area on their primary foods, every key area of their life outside of what they eat. And we start to connect the dots. And usually, and actually this is something I'm offering to all of your listeners to do a free breakthrough call where you can actually start to see what is the root of actually what's going on, right? What is the root of, you know, for me, that first instance was I was in a work environment that wasn't healthy for me. That was the root of a lot of my issues. And once I was able to pause, my body sounded the alarm of like, hey, we got to take a minute here and heal ourselves. But after that, I was able to get to the root of what that issue was and resolve it. So I feel like too, once you have this momentum into deciding to make that initial call, that there are all kinds of pathways to healing. Can you talk a little bit about what some of the results you've seen with your clients have looked like? Yeah, I could tell you a few stories. So I had one client where you know she was carrying a lot of extra weight, um, and she had tried so many different diets. She had you know tried exercising; things just weren't working. She was also suffering from depression, just feeling very low, and through our work together, we started to realize that she was in a job where she wasn't really that happy. And in fact, she wanted to be, she was like working, I think she was a manager at um, a convenience store, a chain store, but she was also really creative and she just wasn't really expressing her creativity. And so we started really, one, helping her understand her metabolic type and how she should be eating in a way that's best for her body. But then two, also making sure that we were leaning into how she was expressing herself. And she ended up starting a YouTube channel. And by the time we finished our work, she's now a lead creative at a creative agency, like creating ads, and has lost all of that weight and is living a life that's more aligned. I had another client who was suffering with endometriosis, dealing with so many cramps, really uncomfortable periods. Um, But at the same time, she was also feeling very lonely. She wasn't dating. She was feeling insecure about certain things. And we actually did a lot of mindset work too, in addition to helping her to support her through diet and lifestyle to help support her hormonal imbalance. So things like seed cycling, helping to regulate her hormones. We also worked on her relationship aspect and her confidence and her getting very clear on what it is she wanted and her setting up an action plan to live something that's more aligned. So I really don't think, and I think this is where traditional medicine gets it wrong. It's never just a one size fits all approach and it's never just one thing, right? So there's the physical symptom and we could support that by providing you balance, whether it's hormonal balance, whether it's eating for your appropriate metabolic type, whether it's helping you manage stress better, whatever it may be, but we also have to get to the root of what that misalignment is in some of those primary foods, right? The things that are nourishing off the plate and create an action plan so that you can feel more aligned. What do you do when there's a crisis of imagination? Like a lot of times when we feel stuck, it's really that we just can't figure out a way different. I think there's a study that says when you're in a particular socioeconomic level, you can only see one level up from where you are, possibly two. You can't even imagine how great Taj Mahal-like your life could be. You can't get that vision. So what do you do when someone comes to you and they, they, they can't see any way out? Yeah. You know, it's so funny. So I started with studying integrative health and nutrition. And when I started working with clients, I realized a lot of it had to do with mindset, right? Like everyone knows to like exercise and drink water and and eat healthy, but very often we don't do it. And a lot of it is mental. And this is when I actually started to study NLP, so neuro-linguistic programming, to understand how the mind and the subconscious mind works. And what I've learned is the brain is a psycho-cybernetic system. So I don't know if you ever read the book, Psycho-Cybernetics, it's by Maxwell Maltz. He coined the term. He was a 
a plastic surgeon and he found that he would, you know, do these amazing reconstructive surgeries, like fix someone's nose. And he said that, that was like their main thing and their nose would be perfect. And then they, after the surgery, look in the mirror and still feel just as unattractive as they did before the surgery. And what he realized is that the brain is a cybernetic system, right? So kind of like a thermometer, if a thermometer set at 75 and like a, the door opens and a cold gust of air goes in, it triggers to the thermostat to kick up the heat and to get it back to 75 or whatever it may be. And so our mind is very much like that. Sometimes it's set to like, I'm just going to be this and you can only see yourself in that state that you are. And so that's when I started to integrate tools like NLP and mindset to really help people make those shifts. And what I've learned is oftentimes making changes, it's not this dramatic thing. Like, okay, now I'm a vegan and I meditate for an hour every day. It's really always like those one degree or 1% shifts that done consistently that get the most dramatic results. And what I found is what, and this is also why I spend so much time getting to the root of what may be causing the discomfort or the misalignment in someone's life is when you're able to get to the root, you realize it's literally something, something so small, right? So something like someone just showing up for themselves or spending 20 minutes a day expressing their creativity on like a YouTube channel, right? That's more aligned with their purpose, that done consistently leads them on a completely different path that they're more aligned with, right? It's someone that it's just overrun with stress and just can't kind of see the solution in anything, giving them a daily practice of five minutes a day to really understand how to calm their nervous system and feel empowered. It's someone that's dealing with relationships and finding it hard to connect with people, giving them exercises that really focus on them connecting with themselves and experiencing that self-love. So I think it's really spending that time to get really clear of what, if you look at everything that's happening where you're experiencing discomfort or dissatisfaction as just symptoms, as just information, and use it as a starting off point to go deeper, you can identify the root cause. And then from there, we have so many tools to help you get back into alignment. And oftentimes, those things to get back into alignment are a lot easier. They're like just a one degree shift to get you back on the right path. Yeah. So don't be don't be overwhelmed out there. Even if you feel like your life is so off track, just don't be overwhelmed. Take one little baby step. I noticed when you when I met you, you were talking about your mom, your mama, and now about your dad and losing your dad. And I want to talk about the sort of support system, community, relationship aspect of getting healthy and healing versus just taking it on yourself. Like what's the role of your community? Oh my gosh, community is so important. And I honestly think this is why, this is actually why I became a health coach. Like these are things that sometimes the eye can't see itself and having people that can help you see it from a different perspective. And more importantly, someone that has gone through many of these things and made it to the other side helped to kind of encourage you along and to kind of, you know, prevent you from making missteps or help you get along that path a little bit faster and with ease and grace is so helpful. So I I have a coach that I lean into. I have a group of friends that are very much aligned and kind of also share this expansive view of like what's possible in the world. And, you know, I surround myself with people like that. And I have to say that, you know, from the time of like my stressful days at Lauder to now, my network of friends looks very different than how it did before. It's a far more expansive group of people that I admire and love that are living their lives to the fullest. And it fills my cup just being around them. Jim Quick talks about it as the positive peer group, you know, that you find the people who are pulling in the same direction. You, of course, have these relationships that are more like obligatory blood relationships, things that sometimes aren't coming along in the same way. Um, but you might be the infectious node in your own family network if you can find your power. Like if your family's not on a trip to health and wellness, you go ahead and do it and watch how contagious you become. A hundred percent. I want everybody out there to take the first step in any direction to how to get to true beauty. I think the answer on how to be beautiful, starting with being aligned in your mind, aligned in your life, getting good nourishment that you've given us is so beautiful, is so clear. You can't put a Band-Aid on it. You can't put a cream or a lipstick on it. It's something that has to come deep from inside of you. 
Yes, it's so true. Any final words for us? I have so many good quotes from you. Yeah, just, you know, I think look at anything, any type of discomfort or any frustration or misalignment you feel, notice them as not just symptoms, but as signals and use them as a starting point to investigate. It's just information. And if you're experiencing any of that, please reach out to me. I feel almost feel sometimes like I've gone through so many things so that I can help others. And at ASRI, we have so many tools and resources, no matter which area of your life you're working through. So reach out, schedule a free discovery call, and I hope to hear from you or join one of our challenges um, if you just want to get a head start. Thank you so much. And just to put a fine point on it, just know that traditional Western medicine economically is not set up to do the kind of a deep dive consultation that this modality of helping people to health is. So don't blame your doctor. They're stuck in that system. You know, you just need to find some para doctor type of people like Kelly who can really give you support in knowing yourself. I love how you showed by your own example the kind of curiosity and devotion to figuring out what's going on in your own body, Kelly, that you saw that and took the time to love yourself by finding the answers in a deep and devoted way. So I appreciate you by example, and I appreciate you for the service that you're giving other people. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I was looking for a poem that I remember vaguely from many, many years ago. And I can't find it. So if one of you knows this poem, um, please send me the full text. But it's effectively a man who is sitting at the kitchen table having his coffee and his beloved uh, in her nightgown looks out the window and she sees a burned out light bulb and she pulls on a down parka and boots and goes outside and climbs up on a chair to change the bulb. And in that moment, he falls in love with her again, like seeing her essence. And it got me thinking about really the beauty in him in that moment of seeing through the eyes of love and that that is in part what makes us beautiful. How do we put on our own lenses to see the beauty in others and to see their essence? Well, folks, that's the end of today's program. I would love it if you'd come visit me at the.rose.woman. And if you are in the market for beautiful body and skin products that feel lovely, you can come over to rosewoman.com and find lovely gifts for people. May you walk in the beauty way. Bye.